obesity in children, the weight of our children's futures. You're listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast. Welcome to the Live, Live, Play podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Kinsler, and today I'm discussing the topic of obesity in children in Ireland. Uh, This topic is, it's talked about a fair bit. Uh, It's been on the national news. It's just been on the radio. Uh, We work with a lot of kids in our program, um, we find that sometimes we get kids that would be on the heavier side. But when I did the research and I started looking into it a little bit more, um, some of the stats confound, like actually kind of shocked me a little bit. And what we're doing as a society on the outside looks like we're being proactive. But when it comes to looking at how it can actually work, Maybe we're missing or we're dropping the ball a little bit. Um, have some studies. Any any kind of reference I give from specific studies will be in the show notes below. Uh, please feel free to read them. Also, when the last studies were conducted, uh, well, that I found, and anyway, seemed to be a fair long time ago. So I think some of them might be wrong uh, or it could be getting better. Not too sure. So let's begin. Let's get into it. Um even with the growth of all the activities in in Ireland in, for kids, uh, schools have bigger initiatives. Uh, there's more sports. There's more inclusivity. Um, uh, like gyms like myself that do kids fitness. Uh, we uh, there's like jump zones and skill zones. There's there's loads of there's actually more productivity. Uh, or sorry, more availability for kids to do. Uh, more activity but yet our nation is getting bigger and our kids are getting bigger what why are we dropping the ball if there's more uh, availability than ever why is this happening and there's a few things and i've got my own few thoughts on it and i i'm going to share them with you today so i just got to read out some stats um that i've seen so i read about so um here so these are the stats from the hse report a survey done over many of years between 2000, the findings over 2008, 2010, 2012, and 2015. Okay, at least one in five. Actually, since I read this, I've also read something else. One in five or one in four uh, are overweight or obese in this country. That's children. Now, it's not surprising because six out of every 10 adults in this nation uh, are overweight or obese six out of ten and it comes down to the fact as simple as monkey see monkey do okay so children tend to follow who like follow what is the norm surrounding them and you know that saying of like you're influenced by the five uh, people around you um that's generally the family unit so you got to look at that from a point and i'm not saying it's family there's a bunch of different categories here that cause obesity in children um so we're, we're going to kind of get it but let me let me move on let me move on so at least five more girls than boys than boys are overweight or obese across all the ages so in this study they did um they went with different age ranges and as uh, as the stats came through the the girls tend to be 
more overweight. And actually, as they get older, girls tend to actually have a higher rate of obesity than uh, than boys. Now, whether that's true, though, boys will kind of more naturally uh, lean towards sports in their teens. Uh, we're not we're not sure. Again, again, it's one variable of a huge issue that we're trying to look at today. Um, kids that attend uh, DEIS, uh, delivering quality of opportunity in school schools, uh, tend to have a higher level of overweight or obese. And the gap becomes even wider as the children gets older. So again, that is a school uh, would be considered a disadvantaged uh, school would tend to have a more kind of a weight issue or obese issue. Um, and as the kids grow older, it tends to become more prevalent. Um, with, uh, so again, this is all stated from the study. The study is from the, where is it from? The HSC and... Again, as I said, the show notes. It's a it's a very big study, um, but the show these are the, the findings that I read. Uh, but these are the, will be in the show notes. So, with the ever growing uh, convenience of life, food, and general activity, it was no wonder this was going to happen. The adult nation is getting bigger. Six out of ten adults are overweight or obese, so it makes sense that our children follow suit. Again, as I said before, monkey see, monkey do. We consume more food than ever and move less the basic of calories in versus calories burned kind of says it all and i know some people will disagree with that saying but i'm going to get into it in a second even if food had not been increased the lack of movement has been reduced so here's my point this is something i was speaking to a parent about before we as a nation and as actually as a race around the world apparently in the western world we are moving less and even if you consume the same diet from say 10 to 20 years ago where there'll be more than likely less processed food in the in the household diet even if we're consuming that diet right now we are moving less so if you're still consuming let's we'll just say 2000 calories a day we're just for argument's sake we're just doing these numbers 2000 calories a day and we are moving less and burning about 1500 calories per day or even 16 or 17 that compounding effect over years is going to uh, uh cause weight weight gain it's simple because we're moving less we could still be eating the same it still could be considered a healthy enough diet but we're not moving as much so yes we're going to gain weight that is what's happening, I think, across the board. Because we do see when we speak to parents and I speak to people, it's like, well, we do have a good, healthy family lifestyle, uh, uh, sorry, nutrition habits, but why would my child be getting bigger? Well, that could be it. Okay, so kids are playing less. Despite, and this is, for, again, this is more uh, from the study, kids are playing less despite the plans to reduce the obesity rate by 10% by 2025. So five years they want to decrease and this was from 2015 or 2017 they want to decrease by 10 percent fuck that sorry for language right get rid of it straight away put in the initiatives put in the work put in the education that is downright lazy 10 percent one in four really your children come on let's uh let's kind of uh move on from that will we Okay, so uh, again, this is more speech from, this is kind of 
what their plan of action is and how they can do it. And the plan of action comes across really good, but it's leaving out some things. Uh, well, in my opinion, they're leaving out some So obesity policy and action plan required across multiple sectors, including actions such as ref, uh, reformation of food products to reduce sugar, fat and salt levels, reducing exposure to marketing and promotion of foods high in fat, salt and sugar, fiscal measures, uh, such as proposed sugar tax and increasing access to free drinking water in schools. I'm sorry. Not once did it mention education of the child on food. Not once did it mention activity of the child in food. Not once did it mention the parents controlling the, per- the, the, the food that comes into that house. Education. It just says what we will look to do. They're going to stop marketing. No, you're not. Marketers will find a way. You're not going to stop marketing. And here's why. Because there's too much money. You put a sugar tax on, companies, a bigger companies, are just going to come, just going to go all in and buy, that, buy all that market up. That's the way it's going to work. It's very simple. Here's then the six steps that they're saying to, uh, for I think, for the households. Right, reduce portion sizes. Very good. Not necessarily need to be eating less food. As I said, it could be more of an activity issue because you got to look at all the variables. I think each individual problem or each problem, each individual kid will have a different aspect or a different approach. Uh, Manage treat foods. Not every day. It's not a fucking treat. Again, language. It's not a treat if it's every day. It's a habit. I say this to my adult clients. It's not a treat if it's every damn day. People, seriously, if it's every day, it's not a treat. It's habit. It's breakfast. I have breakfast every day. It's not a treat. I like my breakfast. It's not a treat. Going out for breakfast once a week or going to a nice restaurant for dinner or treating yourself to um, something once a month, that's a treat. If you're having, if you're allowing your kid to have chocolate every single day or ice cream or something along those lines, that's not a treat. That is habit. That is you. Change it. Oh, my child will go mad. You're the adult. Let's be honest. You're the adult. You control the room. Uh, Replace sugary drinks with water. I get that a lot of kids would drink like Monster and stuff like that. I don't think Monster should be sold uh, to anyone under the age of 18. I really don't. I don't think they should be drinking that stuff. It's not good for them. They don't need it. They don't need that uh, caffeine kick at all. Uh, make being active fun. Yes, the one thing I do really agree with. You got to make activity fun. Not all kids want to play team sports. This is going to be another podcast I'm going to talk about, about kids and sports and playing and activity and strength training and all this. But making, uh, being, uh, sorry, active fun. That is huge, huge. And that can be a parental thing as well. Parents can help out there. Have less screen time, 100%. We got to use our imaginations more. We got to kind of switch off from the grid or unplug from the grid 100% and encourage more sleep. That is a big one. Sleep plays a very big and important part. But again, some of these things can be done. They can be implemented straight away. Some of them can. And then, then it goes on to uh, looking at um, the different kind of uh, age groups or like, for, for instance, they say class sizes. So uh, 21, so this is, oh, sorry, this is schools, okay? So um, the disadvantaged school has 21% versus 16.5%. Uh, the DEIS school, sorry. 
uh, in for first class. That's the difference between obesity rates. Uh, in f- uh, kids that are in fourth class, the DEIS schools are 30%. And uh, again, other schools are 18%. And then in sixth class, it's 32% where the, uh, the obesity rate is grown and it's 18.4 so you can see there is a, a separation i know it kind of went from one topic to the other there but like I, it's crazy it's absolutely crazy to see i'm just gonna have some of my coffee <clears throat> um now moving on to the the kind of health risks in in that go along with that there is all sorts of problems that will come from having uh, being overweight or obese. Now, let's clear one thing before we get into this. This is not fat shaming. Before, because we hear a lot about it now, uh, it is not fat shaming. The health of a child is optimal weight, is optimal muscle density, bone density versus body fat on their body. A child that would have more weight on their body or is considered obese or morbidly obese, that is not healthy, okay? Uh, it is not healthy and it's it's not putting them down. It's trying to educate them that we need to change. And we are all dealt a genetic lottery. I was an overweight. I, had, I, I carried weight when I was a kid and I was a bit of an overweight teen. I then exercised my ass off to lose weight and I grew at the same time and I lost weight. I have a body type that would gain weight naturally if I didn't exercise and watch what I consumed. My brother, on the other hand, doesn't really have to do that. He has the genetics that burns uh, energy quicker and his body type just processes food better. That is the way it is. I can't give out about it. Well, I can, but there's no point because nothing's going to change. When it comes to kids, there is different kids. And some kids gain weight because of inactivity. Some kids gain weight because of food choices. Some kids are naturally, they might be born with a thyroid problem. There's no such thing as big bones, okay? It's not the bone. If you had gigantic bones, you would be a monster strong, okay? It's not that. If your kid is carrying more weight, there is an issue there. And here's the direct fact. Now, the, the, the research states a lot of stuff. But if you were the parent and you have all of that processed crap in your house and you do takeaways a lot, the onus is on you to change that. Okay? And you can't give out. You can't say it's the government's fault. It's the advertiser's fault. It's this, this, this. If you're going to be a parent or if you are lucky enough to be a parent, it is your responsibility to act like a parent, not like their friend. Don't modicolly them. Teach them that health is their wealth and that moving forward and having a good lifestyle and being active is pretty much why we were put on this planet. Um, and that's just my two cents there. Uh, I really think and I really feel strongly. If you don't, if you disagree with me, I'd love to hear your comments again. I won't, I won't tolerate any negative or ranting comments, but I'm open to speech and having a conversation about it. And if you want it, I'll put you on the show. But moving back, uh, we are going to take a quick uh, two-minute break just while I um, change batteries, and we are going to be back in just one second.
listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast. And we're back. Okay, so I hope you like the new um, new intro music. I think it's pretty cool, uh, but that's just me. So back to the topic at hand. Uh, moving on into what uh, the research on a kind of the health risks and some of the health risks that come with um having uh or being uh having excess weight in your body uh being uh, categorized in the obese category uh especially in children so and this again comes from the irish heart foundation <clears throat> irishheart.ie um di- type 2 diabetes is uh is generally something that is given is actually something that is kind of self-inflicted through bad diet over a course of many many years and generally happens to people in the 40s uh it doesn't always happen to people in the 40s but research from the irish heart institute irishheart.ie um has seen children at the age of 12 12 with type 2 diabetes type 1 is something that you can be born with or you can have an accident and end up that way <coughs> excuse me but type <coughs> excuse me but type 2 diabetes is actually something that could be prevented. And in my honest opinion, I think if a child is allowed, is, is, has type 2 diabetes at the age of 12, I think that is a very, very big problem that needs to be addressed. Okay, this is what um, this is an outtake of the the research from the Irish Heart or the, the, the article the Irish Heart that I posted. A diabetes expert has said that children as young as 12 years old were presenting with type 2 diabetes due to overweight and obesity. Now, the Irish Heart are talking about this because of the problem that comes with diabetes. A lot of my family have suffered with diabetes, um, aunties and uncles, and it is not a fun thing. It can lead to blindness, heart disease, all sorts of things, losing feet, um because of just the body can't regulate itself properly um so dr mary ryan is a consult endo- endocrinologist um at bond scores scores hospital in limerick with a specialist interest in diabetes heart disease and hormonal health speaking to the irish heart foundation dr ryan warned that the increasingly increasing rate of obesity and overweight in ireland meant that type 2 diabetes was in epidemic portions epidemic portions they don't throw those words around lightly that's because children shouldn't have type 2 diabetes that's why right that's nuts okay there is outliers we get there's outliers and stuff happens but that is a one percentile it is not a growing trend it's not a trend it shouldn't be a trend and it is just to the point child abuse if a child at the age of 12 is getting diabetes because of their nutritional habits and lack of activity. Diab- uh, let me go on, sorry. Uh, whereas in the past, type 2 diabetes was typically only seen in people over the age of 40. Dr. Ryan said it was now being diagnosed in younger children. Wow. Just wow. 4 years of age, 12 years of age. Do you think we have a problem? Yes. Is it child abuse? In my opinion, yes. I read a book by Dr. Bernstein. He was literally the guy that literally recreated how people deal with diabetes. 
it is 100% avoidable and it is 100% treatable if done right. Guess what? Move more, eat better is the pretty breakdown of that gigantic book. And half of it I couldn't read because of the actual research and science I put into it, uh, that he put into it. <clears throat> crazy, crazy. Diabetes leads to all sorts of problems. Really, this should never, ever be an issue. It shouldn't be an epidemic or a trend. It should be, kids should be kids, okay? Uh, they shouldn't have to deal with uh, adult problems that are self-inflicted by adults. I don't think a child will self-inflict themselves to overeat or to consume that much food and be that inactive. I think that is an educational aspect and I think that is not only the family unit, I think that is the culture of this country needs to change. Um, <clears throat> moving on, that's one bad thing. Uh, the next one is the removal of teeth due to bad diets. Now, there was a show on this in, um, in, on Channel 4, a TV show on the removal of teeth in children. And I've heard about it in Ireland as well. I've spoken, I spoke to a dentist who said that he's performed um, many, many uh, extractions of teeth in children at the age of like four or five. These are baby teeth uh, that are being removed because of decay, because of um, sugary drinks, uh, processed food. And just because they're not eating the correct food, they're um, they're not developing their teeth and they're, they're rotting. Now, I have a three and a half year old. He is really particular about what he eats. Um, and he won't eat a lot of food. He will eat some veg. He'll always eat his dinner. But there's a lot of stuff. He won't try anything. And to our bane, uh, he won't try anything. Even some nice foods he won't even try. Um, and I get some kids don't eat certain foods i get that but that does not mean substitute it for bad food there is alternatives there is other ways ask your doctor ask a nutritionist figure it out um we're pack animals we we follow the leader again as i said monkey see monkey do it's how we approach things i'm not saying i know the answer 100 but i'm saying there is ways around it uh and you just got to look for them if it if your child is that a, children are that important um, you, we have to look for it. We all, we all as a society have to look for it. Um, this uh, study came from the Royal College of Surgeons and it is, uh, it is shocking, all right? So the, NH, the NHS, now I know this is England, but like in all fairness, we're, we're, we're not too far behind them if we're not the same as them, according to the dentist I spoke to. The NHS figures obtained by the Royal College of Surgeons show there were 9,206 tooth distractions performed on children aged four and under in 2015-2016. Let me say that again. 9,206 tooth distractions performed on children aged four and under in 2015-2016, an increase of 24% since 2006 to 2007 due to decay a four-year-old shouldn't be having his teeth distracted unless he got like a, a knock i got like hit in the face that's the only reason like and you have you got to lose tooth you have to remove it or again an outlier an outlying issue where the tooth was growing too fast or the, or the tooth underneath was growing or something. but your baby teeth are meant to fall out right it's natural development 
9,000 distractions. Ex- sorry, extractions, not distractions. Extraction. Guys, what? I'm si- like, what? Crazy. I'm just like, I'm, I'm baffled. That's, I, I read more into that. I didn't write down here. <clears throat> um, but I read more into that. They have done uh, extractions on children aged one. One years of age. Barely getting their teeth due to decay. That isn't the, child, the child's choice. That was not the child's choice. To consume whatever food it wanted. That is a serious thing. And that should be stopped. It should be stopped through education. And it should be stopped in the home. And you cannot put your hand up and say, I didn't know better. For your child's sake, you need to know better. Don't pass the book. Don't pass the blame on the government or the marketing or anything like that. That is your child. You are responsible for that human life. And they should not be going to a dentist to have their teeth pulled at the age of one, two, three, or four. Again, I get angry about some of this stuff because I just think it's it's really, really... It's uh, people try and pass the book so they don't have to blame themselves, and it's okay. It's not. It's not. Um, okay. So uh, schools, school activity. <clears throat> okay, physical education. Uh, when I was in school, physical physical education was once a week uh, for like forty minutes, and pretty much you got to do what you want. In primary school, you got to kind of pl- uh, got introduced to some other things. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in secondary school, you kind of got to do what you want. And if you didn't want to do physical education, you didn't have to, unless you played a team sport. Uh, now, there's a few things here. From people I've spoken to and teachers, um, some teachers aren't really interested in activity. So if you're not, and here's the thing, children pick up on a lot of stuff. And we say this about our kids program. We'll only hire a coach that is passionate about working with kids because we know our kids will spot if the, if the adult is not interested in working with them or having fun or educating them because children are very, very self-aware and they're very, very knowledgeable and they can figure people out very quickly. But when it comes to teachers, uh, you might want to be a, a history teacher, a geography teacher or a Spanish teacher. Um, but if you're not into fitness, kids will figure it out. So if you're not keen on being active, um, the children will uh, the children won't be sold on it okay now i'm gonna read through uh uh i've i've downloaded the the physical education uh mandate for schools uh the teachers and the kids i've i've, I've kind of i perused over i didn't go into detail uh because i kind of knew what was going on it is very intensive and it's uh there's a lot there it is very uh it's it's inclusive for all children but not all children are going to be active because naturally they're not coordinated. They're not. They haven't been taught how to jump or land or roll or tumble. Uh, and then if you're not very comfortable in your own skin doing movement, you're not going to want to be active, even if there's enough activity there. So I think what they're doing is good, but we can make it so much better and get that ten percent down. Actually, increase that by about forty, fifty percent by twenty twenty five if you do it right. Um, so. Uh, the Children's Sports Participation and Physical Activity Study in 2010 reported that 19% and 12% of post-primary school children meet the national physical active requirements 
Um, and that was from Woods, uh, E-T-A-L, uh, 20, 2010. Now, I know that's nine years ago, but that was the only study I could find uh, from uh, done on this. So that was nine, nine years ago. Uh, I, by the looks of things, because I asked, I put out a post to our members group and asked parents about their kids' physical activity rates. And there seems to be an awful lot. Like it's like at least two times a week, they're doing extra activities. Because I asked a question, are they doing, this is what the school is providing, not extracurricular activities. It's not like I, I do this because I pay extra for it. It's what the, the Board of Education is actually doing for our kids. And it seems to be that kids are getting, well, the people that I've spoken to or that posted back to me, are they're getting a lot of activity, but there still is a lot of, that's what is the requirement, but is it actually happening, okay? And I obviously, I don't have the time to go around to every school and make sure it's happening. Um, I would like to, um, <laughs> but it's a, so what can be done here? Like kids are moving less. Their, their natural ability to play is less. They're not able to coordinate themselves. They're jumping, landing. Here's the thing. You're not naturally gifted to jump. You have to learn jumping mechanics. And like one of the best games, and it was posted, is Hopscotch. Hopscotch was one of the best games for learning jumping technique. You didn't know you were learning, but you were learning uh, through Hopscotch. Learning to roll, learning to tumble, climbing a tree, play. Statistically, and we're going to have uh, Mickey Martin on our show, and she's going to talk about the, the, the benefits of play. But um, we learn more as kids and even as adults, we actually learn and process stuff more through play. And so animals learn to hunt um, in the wild, and it's how children learn the best is through play. So we got to get on that. We got to get on the train. We got to we got to play more. We got to be more interactive. Um, so what can we do as people, uh, as a parent? You as a parent or as a teacher or as a health professional, what can we do? Well, I believe and I categorically would state this is that it starts at home. Don't pass the book. If your child's not into, oh, my child's not into sport, there is something your child would like to do that requires activity. Okay. And as I said, <clears throat> monkey see, monkey do. If you get up in the morning and you're active, and you're constantly active and the whole family's active, eventually, even it's going to be hard for some kids that have not been active, they're going to fall in line. And at the end of the day, their health is more important than you being their best friend. So if you're saying, we're doing this because you're a child and I'm an adult, then let's go do it. But there is something, that's the last resort, but there is something that you can be that you can do to help them. Okay, Uh Here's a, a few suggestions uh, that I, I generally give out on the radio when I'm on Spirit FM. Uh, weekly family outings, not just walks. Once a week, your family gets together and you do something as a family, regardless of how stroppy your teenager is, regardless, because it creates firstly the family unit. And then it just creates that it's if you do it enough, it becomes a norm. And the child might go, oh, we have to do this today. But it's, they're going to do it. And despite that grumpy tone of an 11, 12, 13-year-old, they actually tend to enjoy it. They just don't want to admit it, okay? Uh, no electronics on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day, or even in the evening at a certain time. When they come home at 6 o'clock, all phones go in a drawer in the kitchen or on Saturdays or on Sundays, whatever day you want to choose, is there's no electronics. Because if you unplug 
they're going to be more interactive, okay? They're either going to read more, they're going to be more interactive with you, they're going to be more willing to want to do something. So if they know on Sunday they get up, they can't check their phone or go on their iPad or go on their laptop or play computer games, they're going to wonder, hey, what are we doing today? Okay? Little things like this. 10-minute family exercise in the morning. This is something that I think could be absolutely brilliant. If the family got up and is getting up early, oh my goodness, go to bed 10 minutes earlier. If you're staying up and watching your Netflix shows and you're concerned about activity of the family unit, then stop watching that show for an hour. Go to bed an hour earlier. Get up an hour earlier. And with your family, make everyone get up. And again, if you do it long enough, it becomes repetitive and it becomes routine. You get up. You do 10 minutes of active fun where you do some exercises. But you got to do it too. You can't just send your kid off somewhere. You as the parent got to be willing to do it. And it mightn't be fun. And you might hate it. And you're an adult and you get to do what you want. And that's cool. But if you have a child, it's your responsibility to step up and help them if they need that. And even if they don't need it, it's a good way to build a family unit. Do some squats, some burpees, do some yoga, do some meditation, do something three times a week and every time it's something different. Try something new. It's crazy, but it might just work and it will bring you as a family unit closer together in the long run. Pretty sure. All right. Uh, 10 minutes of family exercise. I said, play games. When was the last time you as an adult played a game? Kids love games. We learn the best through games. Playing games like Frisbee, even if it's just like uh, board games, it's just activity, it's mental activity, it's good stuff that we can do. Um, climbing trees, like you could put in, uh, the, even if you're sorry playing a board game and someone loses a turn or something like that, like Monopoly or something like that, if they go to jail, go to jail, do four squats, go to jail, do four burpees. It's even those little, little bits of movement regularly will 100% help the family unit, and would 100% help that child, okay, uh, climb a tree, when was the last time you climbed a tree, climbing trees is cool, I know with insurance and all that stuff, but climb a tree, go to Glendalock, <clears throat> go to your local forest, climb a tree, run around the woods, like, just be outside, it's amazing, it's, it just helps, it really does, lead by example, you are, again, as I say, monkey see, monkeys do, might get a t-shirt, monkey see, monkey do, um, lead by example if you're doing it regularly enough and you're making it inclusive and fun and that you're not a disciplinarian to the point where you're saying you have to do this we encourage people to do stuff and you're not looking for perfection you're looking for progression of the child didn't want to do it and now they, they still don't want to do it but they don't give out as much those little wins okay uh, and stick on the here. here's one that I did before I was asked to do it uh and actually in all fairness i don't i don't do it now but it does work 100 percent works right stick on your favorite song in the morning all right firstly your kids will either get break their shit laughing at you or they even might join you especially the younger kids i actually did this when i when i wrote this um i actually did this with my son the other night and firstly susan thought it was hilarious and my son joined in with me. Now he's three, but it started like if he, he doesn't know that it's embarrassing yet. Okay. Um, stick on the corniest song or your favorite song that makes you laugh, nostalgic or whatever, and dance for three minutes. Just dance. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're a good or bad dancer. Just move. Just three minutes of movement. Okay. We were doing, uh, I think it was, it was Backstreet Boys. Okay. I know that's bad. Backstreet's back. That was the song that was on 
We both ran into the kitchen and danced in front of Susan uh, for fun. Uh, Jody had loads of fun. I had loads of fun. And Susan laughed her ass off at me and what I thought Jody was the cutest thing in the world. Um, <clears throat> okay, so there are little things that you can you can add in and you can do. Now, moving on. Uh, child is not interested in sport. Now, this is going to be another topic that we're going to cover uh, because not all sport is fun. And as we age, sport gets harder. And if you're not naturally coordinated, generally coaches tend not to want to work with you because they want the best players playing. Um, and unfortunately, that is the 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 side effect of sport. It, it grows into the best players. Uh, I mean, that's just the unfortunate. Now, I'm all about sport, but it's for a lot of kids, that's how they stop being active. And for years, we've been told that to be active, play sport. It's not necessarily the case. Uh, my child is not interested in sport, uh, does not like to exercise, is last to be picked. A kid's fitness program will help. Okay, this isn't a plug at me and our kids program. We know what we do. We know what we do works. We know we're very good at it. But your child, um, there is a lot of brand X meta training centers. There's a lot of coaches out there that are passionate about helping kids understand that exercise is good exercise is fun and it can be part of your lifestyle uh, as i said we're going to do another podcast on this we have a lot lined up but at the end of the day after all of all is said and done no matter how much people put out there for activity our obesity rate in children is getting bigger we can stop this and it stop starts at home now, all the government initiatives will help, but it starts at home, okay? Don't pass the book. Don't pass the blame. Start putting in the work. If you don't know what to do, reach out to someone. Email me at info at fsmbray.ie. Tell me what the situation is, and I'll give you my honest feedback and my honest tips on how to get you there. If not, reach out to the uh, HSE, to Sport Ireland, to any... Um, to your local government partnerships that uh, about sports and uh, inclusivity in sports, reach out and ask them for help. Talk to more people and do your best because your health is your wealth and your children are the future. And I know how much corny that sound, but it's it's true. Thank you very much for watching. Please like and su subscribe. Share it with your friends. Let them know that you listen to the Live Live Play podcast. We are on YouTube, like and subscribe, follow us. We are on Podbean and we are on Spotify. So we, you can watch us, you can listen to us in the car, uh, you can listen to us anywhere. Guys, thank you for being on the show, uh, for listening to the show. Uh, and I will see you next time. I am out. You're listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast.